0: you have your bibles john chapter 14 which we read earlier is going to be our main text but there's a lot of supporting text we'll be looking at that should be in your outline so the question is why didn't god answer my prayer next sunday i going to look at why do bad things happen to good people and then the next week we're going to look at why would god use me believe it or not there's a lot of people in the world and even in our churches today that doesn't really believe God can really use them for whatever reason. And I just want to bring out some things of why God can use in each and every one of us. So we've probably all been there. We've been in the same boat. We've done the same thing. We've prayed. We are people of faith. And chances are you've asked God to do something that you know he could do. And he doesn't. For whatever reason. We know he could do it, he has the power to do it, he has the authority to do it, really wasn't that hard of a thing to do, yet he still doesn't do it. And a lot of times what happens is it rattles our faith a little bit. I mean, we ask God to do this, and it seems like a good thing, a positive thing, a great thing, and yet he doesn't, so we're left wondering, why didn't God do what I asked him to do? Why couldn't God do it? Especially like we read in John 14, where it says, And I will do whatever you ask in my name. This is Jesus talking. He says, So that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. So you read that, and you think, Well, if I ask in Jesus' name, I know he could, but he doesn't. But then we read stories in the Bible all through the Old Testament and New Testament, like Joshua prayed in the Old Testament that the sun would stand still, and the Bible says, and it did for a day. So they answered his prayer. Daniel prayed when he was in the lion's den, when all the lions were starving, and God puts the lions on a no-meat diet for that day. Answered his prayer. Jonah prayed in the belly of a fish, and the fish left him in there for a while, but carried him to shore and vomited him back up on shore where he was still alive. They prayed, and things seemed to happen. And I pray, and a lot of times we think nothing happens. And we have to ask, why didn't God answer my prayer? Now, I can give you a lot of prayer stories. A lot of opportunities I've had to be in places and and hospitals, and we've prayed together, and the outcome was absolutely awesome i remember one time we was over in indianapolis at methodist hospital for a lady at newmarket when i was there the first time and she had a mass in her lung you could see it on the x-ray and the doctor showed us and you could see it nice and big right there about the size of a walnut this lady was 87 years old they were hesitant about doing the surgery because of her age and all the difference happening but they thought it'll give her quality of life So the surgeon goes in, takes her in. Of course, we're there at 6 in the morning. We're all praying together. The surgeon is actually a Christian, and he was with us when we prayed. And he came out 20 minutes after the surgery was supposed to start. First thing I thought was, "Uh uh-oh, they can't do it. And he had a look on his face that was out of this world. He goes, I don't understand it. Then he goes, well, I do. But they went in for the bronch to find it. He goes, it's gone. They took another x-ray, it was completely gone. You know, but also I've been on the other end of it. I've been in the hospitals, I've had days where I've been praying and the church has been praying for somebody and yet they still don't survive. And I don't understand a lot of times. Maybe you've prayed for surgeries and sicknesses and some were answered, some not the way we had hoped. We prayed for a sick loved one, and they still died. We prayed for somebody to conceive a child, and they don't. We prayed for the parents not to get divorced, but they still do. We pray for a person who doesn't have Christ, and it seems like the harder we pray, the farther they get away from Christ. And we're left scratching our head. But maybe you're on the other spectrum of this. Maybe you have prayed for the Super Bowl game today. If that's you get a different hobby you know it's just you know i'm sorry i don't think god really cares unless it's our indiana hoosiers who beat michigan state yesterday number six because indiana is biblical i've told you that haven't i king james version john says therefore send what i you it says read it prove it i can prove it it's right here i'm kidding Honestly, I hope our prayers are bigger than that. I hope our prayers are about people to know Christ. I hope our prayers are about the church and reaching people who don't know who Jesus Christ is. I hope our prayers are for our missionaries. I hope our prayers are for those who are, are not healthy, who are sick, who are fighting every day for that next breath. So if you will allow, in the next couple of minutes, i want to raise some reasons as to why God may not have answered our prayers. But I want you to understand as we get going here, I don't have definitive answers, okay? I'm not going to stand here and say these are definitive answers to every single example. But I do want to bring up some possible biblical reasons as to why God may not answer all of our prayers. So why didn't God answer my prayer, number one? Maybe we have a broken relationship. We need to understand this. You ask, what does this have to do with prayer? What does relationships have to do with prayer? Well, a couple verses. One speaks directly to it. The other one kind of indirectly. And many others that talk about how our horizontal relationship, the relationship we have with one another, and maybe even other people in the world, affects our vertical relationship relationship between us and God and we need to understand this it impacts that relationship so you understand our relationship with each other is very important to God grab on to that listen to what he says in Mark chapter 11 verses 24 and 25 it says therefore I tell you whatever you ask in prayer believe that you have received it and it will be yours and when, you are, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Okay, don't miss that. If you hold anything against anyone, that's pretty huge, isn't it? Hold anything against anyone. There's something we have to do first. In other words, if you have an issue with a horizontal relationship Between me and you, you and me, you and somebody else. That horizontal relationship, we need to do something about it. we got to deal with that first. You say, well, that's just one. we got to deal with relationships. Well, 1 John says this, that you cannot love God and hate your brother. Ooh, there it is again. That kind of hurts. You can't love God and hate your brother. Think about that. In other words, you can't go around giving all this, oh, how I love Jesus, and we're singing that song, we go through the day, oh, how I love, you know, but hate somebody else. It's impossible. I hear people say, I hate every single one of those no good, low down pathetic people, but yet they still come to church, they still worship, they still take communion. And you have to scratch your head thinking, what are they doing? But i got to be careful. i got to make sure I'm right first before I look at somebody else. What else? God says our horizontal relationship impacts our vertical relationship. Matthew 5.23 says this. If you're going to go to the altar to offer your gift, in other words, you're coming to offer an act of worship, it says you go to the altar and remember, and you say, hold oh, on oh, a minute, yeah, I'm kind of ticked off at somebody. Somebody did something to me. Somebody said something. Somebody wrote something on Facebook that I don't like. He says, hold on. Jesus says, leave your gift at the altar. He says, first go and reconcile the relationship. Make it right. Then he says, then come back and give your gift at the altar. First do that first. Our relationships matter to God. I can't answer on what level of anger it takes. It doesn't say, you know, is it on level one where we're frustrated? Level two, we're irritated. Level three, you're lighting my fuse, or you're getting on my nerves. Level four, you lit my fuse. And level five, boom. You know, it doesn't say what level you have to be at. It just says if you have this going on. Because I'm afraid what happens is we allow all this stuff to stew in us Then we try to come praise God, and God's saying, "Eh, You need to go take care of this stuff first. First and foremost, the Bible says, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So we wonder why God doesn't always answer our prayers. We may have a broken relationship. Number two, maybe we just simply have the wrong motives when we pray. Maybe they just have the wrong motives. Listen to what James 4.3 says. He says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. How many have heard people pray that they'll win the lottery? I've heard it. You know, and I don't care if you spend a couple bucks a week on the lottery. I'm not saying that. But I've heard people say, man, if if God would just let me win this lottery, I'll give 10% to the church. You know, Okay, that's cool. No big deal. Okay, God, I'll give 20%, 25%. Okay, God, I'll give 50% of the lottery that I win to the church. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you want to do that, the church can do a lot with that 50%. Okay, we'll pay off the building, we'll do some other stuff. But I want you to understand, and God may say, You're praying with the wrong attitude. What 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 are we praying when we say that? It's all about me. Other people may pray for that cute girl to become a Christian so that you can date her. Or vice versa. You may be praying like the Pharisees so everybody can see you. You may say, Bless my business, but I'm still not gonna go to church. God, give me that promotion, even though my attitude is in the toilet most every day. Help my team win help them see the light, God bless me, give me what I want. And you may say, but God, my, my, my motives are pure. They are pure. They are right. And at times we're not clear as to what our motives really are. And I want you to understand, I cannot, will not judge your motives. I can't judge your heart. You can't judge my heart. But there's one person who can, right? And that's God. He knows our heart. Proverbs 16, 2 says this. All a man's ways seems innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Okay, our motives are weighed. So why didn't God answer my prayer? Well, number one, maybe I have a broken relationship. Two, I have impure motives. Number three, maybe we really don't believe God will do it. And it may not be something that we just come out with. May not be something that we just actually say, or maybe we even realize, but deep down in our heart of hearts we kinda think, I'm praying for this, but you know, I just don't think God'll do it. I don't think God can. In Mark chapter nine, there's a dad who had a son who was possessed by an evil spirit. And this dad is like any dad. This dad is going around saying, You know, I'll do anything. I'll pay any price. I'll go anywhere if my son will be healed. I'll do anything. And the scripture says, Jesus came around, and this man says, Hey, Jesus, if you can do anything about this. And as Jesus is walking by and Jesus hears this, Jesus is kind of, he stops and he hears it, and he kind of looks at the guy, and Jesus' response, he's almost offended, says, If I can do a thing about this? Someone's like, Jesus said, Are you kidding me? You're asking me to do this favor, and you're saying, If I can do anything about this? Listen to what it says in verses 22 and 23. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us, he says, if you can. And Jesus said, Everything is possible for him who believes. This guy will do anything. And he asked Jesus, If you can do anything, Jesus, if you can do anything, so please hear this. Your faith matters when you pray. Our faith matters when we pray. Jesus says over and over again, it was done unto them according to their faith. It was done unto them according to that. There's a story about Small town, they say it was in Kentucky or Tennessee, about this bar that was opened up in town and the preacher at the church and everybody was praying against the bar and all this, that the bar would close down because it was taking people from his church and all this. So this church, man, they're having prayer meetings every week, that this bar will close down. And it's no secret. It's no secret to what the church is doing. Everybody in town knows the church is praying that the bar will close down one day. Well, one night, in the middle of the night, a big thunderstorm comes up. Lightning strikes the bar, burns the bar to the ground. Well, the bar owner knows the church has been praying for this. So the bar owner sues the church for burning the... It's not to God, but it's the church's fault. They go before the judge, and they're in the courtroom, and the judge is getting ready to give his verdict, and the preacher is saying... It wasn't us. It wasn't us. And the bar guy is going, it was God. It was a God thing. The judge goes, this is the first time i ever had a church denying the power of God and the bar owner accepting the power of God. Faith matters, folks. The faith that we have in this. I'm a Christian, but, but who really does not believe in the power of prayer. They say it's really bad. I've heard people say this. It's really bad. We've done everything we can do. Now it's what? It's time to pray. Really? Now is the time? So we've done everything we can do. We can't do anything else, so now it's time to pray. So now let's bring in the second string. Let's bring in God, because he's second string on this. It's really that bad. Now we can depend on God. Man, we're now in big trouble. Now it's God's turn. Please understand what I'm not saying about this. So we got, I think we need to understand this. There's a teaching in the world today. You can look it up. It's called Word Faith Teaching. Some churches really believe this. That says if you just say the words and just believe and have enough faith, God has to do whatever you say. Okay? It's out there. I'm telling you, there's churches, there's people who believe that. All you have to do is say it, believe it, and have enough faith And they say, God has to do it. Over and over, according to your faith, it will be done unto you. It's one of those name it and claim it beliefs. I'm going to name it, then I can claim it. So these people are going around and I'm going to claim the lottery. So that means God has to allow me to win that lottery. Because why? They say it's in Jesus' name. Okay? Okay? doesn't work that way now god has to let me win because we've done that what we have to understand is this god is not our cosmic sugar daddy okay he's not he's not here to serve us we are here to serve him people get all upset because they say i prayed for so and so to be healed i know they're 140 years old but yet you still let them die We tend to forget we all die from this world, yet we don't seem to want to grab onto that. Here's what I want to say and we'll be really clear about it, is that just because you have all this faith does not mean that God is going to do it all the time. But at the same time, I want to say your faith does matter. Our faith doesn't matter. I can't explain all the nuances of it. That's something that only God can do. But I don't know what James 1 6 and 7 says. But when he asks, James says, he must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave in the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. The man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. Okay? We pray about it, we give it to God. Another one that we need to look at. Maybe God has something different for us. I mean, we pray something, and we need to understand maybe God has something different for us. So I hope we know this. God's will matters more than our will. It's all about God's will in our life. It's all about God's will in this situation. It's all about what God desires for us. Now, I understand. We may think we know best. You know your own mind, we know our own way of thinking, and we think it's the right thing. But listen to what John says in John 5, 14 and 15. He says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have, that we have what we ask of him. So we know we're going to get it one way or the other. In other words, what he's saying is we have this confidence. Pray with confidence. This confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything, according to his will, don't miss this, according to he hears us. But we have to be listening to his will, to what he desires. So many times we put something in place, we put something else in motion, then we say, oh yeah, God, bless this. God, you catch up with us and do something with this, instead of it being God, you lead us in what we are going to do, and God is leading the whole way through. We have this confidence. I want you to understand, this is just not preacher talk. This is huge. If God should have answered anybody's prayers in the New Testament, it would be the Apostle Paul. I mean, he suffered righteously, he served faithfully. Yeah, it says he had this thorn in the flesh. I don't know what it is. And it says he pleaded with God three times. When you look at that word pleaded, it means he fought for, he begged, he pleaded with God three times. And instead of God doing something different, because Paul was asking for it to be taken away, it still wasn't God's plan, That wasn't God's idea. It wasn't one Paul would have picked. And God said, in my sovereignty in this case, I want you to learn that my grace is enough, Paul. I want you to know my grace is enough for you. And that's for us too. We need to understand that his grace, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. When we do his will, when we understand his answers, when we go with his decision, when we go with his leading in our life. So the next time we pray for something and he doesn't answer it the way we desire, we have to always remember his grace is sufficient for us. Very quickly, what do I believe about prayer? What I hope we believe about prayer, number one. Prayer reminds me that I'm not in control and it keeps me close to the one who is. We're not always in control. We like to be. It's nice when we can be. But we're not always in control. It's not always my way. It's not always my choice, what I desire. It's not always about my comfort or my will. Understand, that doesn't always make sense. It may be something I don't like, but God has this. Whatever the situation is, God has this. God has me. God has you. God has us in this. Why? Because He is in control, not us. Number two prayer is not as much about my wants as it is about God's will. You see, a lot of times we as Christians, I think, act like a two year old God, do what I want. Do what I want. Hey, God, it's about me what I want. when we babysit for Addie anymore, Sandra says, I'd spoil her. She goes, you can't always give her what she wants. I'm grandpa and I can. Okay. Thank you. The only amen I get all day. You see, it's not always about what I want as much as it is getting to know God and what God wants we understand that, I hope. I mean, the fact that the God of the universe, the God who created everything, gives me access to him. He allows me to know him through prayer. And it's one of the most difficult things for my infinite mind to wrap my mind around, to comprehend. See, any time that I pray and something doesn't go the way I want, or there's a big prayer that I need, that I want, I tried to think of the story, and sometimes I do, about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3, where the king is saying, you either worship my God, little G God, and you stop worshiping your God. He actually says, renounce your God. He says, if you do that, I won't throw you in a fiery furnace. I love their response. I mean, these guys, these three boys are facing death. I mean, they're talking real life problems here. We're not talking about a sore leg or talking about these problems. Here's what they said in Daniel 17 and 18 of chapter 3. He says, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us. But I love what he says then. But even if he does not. In other words, God said, even if God doesn't save us from this fire and we perish in this fire, I love what he says. We're still not going to serve your God. They're saying, absolutely not. So God answers their prayer. They're literally saying, I believe God can. I believe God will. Even if he doesn't, I still believe. John says in John 9, 31, he says, we know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly who does his will. And one last one, Luke 22, 42 and 43. says, Father, if you're willing, Jesus is on the cross getting ready to go to the cross, and he's in agony. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what has to happen, and he says, Lord, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. See, the whole question comes to us is what are we allowing God to do in our life? What are we allowing God to lead us? Where is he he leading us? Where is he guiding us? Where does he want us to go? What does he want us to do? And so many times we know what God wants and God tells us, it's pretty clear, yet we drag our feet. We say, God, I just don't know about that. I don't know if I can forgive that neighbor. I don't know if I can forgive that person. I don't know if I can do what you're asking me to do, God. Yet we still try to do and act like we're supposed to when we have this brokenness among us. So my question this morning for us is this. When it comes to God's will, what's more important? Is it yours? Is it what you want, what you think? Or is it what God wants, what God desires? I want you each one to know here this morning that if we'll just listen, if we'll just listen, in other words, I know this is hard, Turn the TV off, turn your phones off, shut up, and just listen to God. Just listen to God and see what he has to say to you. And it may surprise you. You may be on the right path, you may go in the right direction, you may say, ah, cool, I've got this. But you may also be thinking, wow, I thought this is where God wanted me, but man, I'm way over here doing this, and something has to change. And it starts with us.